Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with a mind's eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hello, Miss Megan. So it is March, a little March madness happening. So let's get right into it. And dare I say that perhaps this month, at least astrologically speaking, that maybe we're going to have a little bit more of a kinder, gentler month, at least the potential for that. And the reason why I'm saying that is the big story this month is we have a whole lot of planets in the sign of Pisces. Now, of course, the caveat is that we still have that Saturn Uranus square hovering in the air or in the sky. But this month, I think we're going to feel a little bit of a shift. So let's talk about all of this Pisces, Piscean energy that's happening. Yeah, so we're officially in Pisces season for the first three weeks, I believe it is, right? Yeah. And we have the lineup of Venus in Pisces. Venus is so happy to be in Pisces. She's very happy. (laughs) And Neptune has been seemingly now in Pisces for forever, for just a handful of years. And, you know, Neptune is the modern day ruler of Pisces, and they come together mid-month on the 13th, right around the time, too, of the, which is March 11th, of the Pisces new moon. Yeah. So there's all, you know, even leading up to that, but I'd say especially that week, right? It's like, we just can like swim in our imagination. (laughs) Right. And just like be in the dream. And I think, too, like you say about ease, like I think it's important Like we can invite in that ease. We can invite in that grace. We can dream. We can use our imagination. We can sort of drift off into like, what would that be like, like to be more in that softness, that sweetness, that empathy, that sort of Piscean flow, if you will. Yeah, you know, when I think about Pisces too, that, you know, that all resonates and, you know, Pisces, of course, it's, you know, it's planet, planetary ruler is Neptune, Pisces is in Neptune, which, you know, makes it all the more Neptunian and Piscean. And I also think about when I think about that Pisces energy is I think about like the compassion and I think about, you know, the kindness and, you know, Pisces is all about feelings and emotions. And so it's like swimming in that sea, as you're saying, of all those deeper feelings and emotions. And I think that there's really going to be that potential to have maybe a little bit of a heightened sense of what we're feeling. And actually the opportunity to maybe get a little bit more in touch with that. Would would you agree? Yeah, I think right, that sense of sensitivity. Right. With with both Pisces, especially Neptune. Neptune is such a dissolving agent. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it can dissolve the barriers, right? Or what keeps us between pieces, parts of ourselves or with others. So there is that greater level of porosity, right? Sensitivity, 
empathy, right? And to be, mm. but I feel like it's really good during these times, well, with every time too, right? To be intentional, right? To like be focused on, you yes. know, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm really intentioning, especially for the first handful of weeks is, you know, going into this time period of saying, I want to beckon in mm. more awareness, more clarity in this sensitivity, because if not, right, if we're just open and porous and sensitive, we could be flooded, not to be too much of these water words, but flooded with emotions or feelings or thoughts or energies that get confusing or stir up our anxiety or make us very confused or go into that other realm of Neptune and Pisces, which is illusion and then delusion or disillusion, <laughs> if you will, of illusions. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm really glad you're bringing that up because I have my moon natally in the sign of Pisces. And that is something with that that placement that I'm always kind of aware of and dealing with is mm -hmm. that very fine line of being in touch and being in tune. And I actually feel like that's where a lot of my clairvoyant gifts come up and my ability to tap in on those deeper levels. And yet there's times where I can get so overwhelmed, especially if I'm out of balance or I'm not taking good care of myself. And those are always times where I think I got to check in with myself and look at First of all, are these my feelings and emotions? Is this what's going on with me? Or am I tapping into the greater collective, the collective consciousness, the collective grief and anxiety that is so rampant, you know, on our planet today? And I think you you know, here you are talking about those Piscean boundaries is, you know, maybe being able to be discerning sometimes about is this my stuff that's coming up or am I like so merged <laughs> with everything else out there that I'm tapping into something else? I think that's so important, right? And it's interesting that March is on the heels of that Virgo full moon at the very end of February. Mm -hmm. So we can actually bring that discernment that we may have tapped into how not necessarily compartmentalize that feels very Virgo, but how to be systematic and organized and understand and discriminating and discerning when we tap into the all. So to be for people to like be able to like open up to the subtle, the invisible, the unsaid, but then allocate, right? Where is this mm. coming from? Right? As opposed to just like, oh yeah, I'm washing it all and it's all the soup is like within me, it's like, oh, this feeling comes in. Okay. Yes, I'm open to that. Where is that from? Is that from my intuition? Is that from my fear? Am I picking it up from, you know, the person walking down the street next to me? Like, where yeah. is that coming from? And I think that that can help us. That doesn't block us from tuning in, but it allows us to, again, right, to be clear about what it is that we know, right? It's source and then how to resource it. Yeah. For sure. And I also think, you know, just to remember that Venus is here in the in the mix. And as you said, Venus is very happy in the sign of Pisces. And Venus is there for the first three weeks until um, we'll talk about the equinox and when Venus will shift into Aries. But when I think about Venus and relationship and, you know, our relationship with others, ourselves, what we enjoy, what we value, 
I think sometimes Venus and Pisces can be a little mergy, a little, a little, like a little, okay, a lot of codependent. And again, this is bringing up this aspect of the difference between you and I and having, again, that discernment of not taking on other people's stuff and also not being too merged. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to like, pay attention to that, especially with Venus and Pisces next to Neptune, right? Near the new moon in Pisces or the sun of the moon in Pisces, you know, in terms of that and merging and boundaries. And I also think too, one thing to be, be careful of, no, I will say to watch, to be aware (laughs) of is around that time, you know, I would say when Venus is in Pisces in general for those first weeks, and especially around the time is with Neptune is, you know, both Pisces is very romantic, right? Yes, but you have to be very indeed, careful indeed. when Venus is in Pisces or when Venus is in Pisces with Neptune near that new moon to not over romanticize, to see things in your lover, in your desire for lover, in that partner, you know, that you want to be there. So you see that it's there, but it's not really there. Ah, uh, that is so good. And my my Pisces moon is doing a little wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can't like romanticize my partner. But that's a really, you know, I think that's a really important discernment there. And that, that's also the idea of the illusion disillusionment exactly. that we often experience with Pisces. It's Pisces like loves to swim in the illusion. And, but then when things don't, kind of line up, you know, the reality, then Pisces becomes very easily disillusioned. And so there's that a bit of that crash when when the illusion pops. Yeah. And it's a fine line, right? To straddle the like otherworldly while you're living in this world, like the otherworldly that has all the potentials of it, which does Mm. exist, but we're also like embodied in body in this world where there are limitations, right? So it's how to not be cut off from that Neptunian or that Piscean longing or romanticism. Mm. But again, no, that's what that is. And how much of that is actually manifest or embodied. Yes. And I also think that, you know, with the Pisces energy too, it's, it's, it, it has the great potential to really allow us to connect into more of our divinity. Yeah. into more of that sense of the spiritual self, the the universal self, that, you know, the, the higher self, the, whatever you want to call it. And I think this would be a time that would be very ripe for any type of like spiritual practices or meditation or anything that really allows you to kind of connect in deeper or higher or, or both. I also feel like Let's not forget that Pisces can be really creative energy. I think about Pisces and I think about the muses and, you know, drawing down the muse and dancing with the muse. And so there's also this, this idea of the divinity and, and also the creativity. And I myself am thinking, wow, maybe this could be a creative period for me. Absolutely. And I think that we should all then think like, what is it in those realms that we want to manifest, conjure and beckon in with that Pisces new moon, like on the 11th, which is on the 11th, but whether it's like on the 11th with your ritual or your intention or the 12th or the 13th, like 
in those realms of amusement or, you know, that the spiritual opening or the connectivity to empathy or the numinous. I mean, there's so much power in those days, again, not just because of the new moon, but the Venus Neptune tie in with yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, this we could get like um, lost. We could actually get lost in that, which feels very forever, right? You know. So this is all sounds lovely. So here we are. We're we're doing the Pisces things, and then we get about three weeks, or we get three weeks in, right? And then on March twentieth, we have the equinox. The sun enters into Aries, and then so we. And then Venus will follow. Venus will also go into Aries a couple of days later, correct? Actually, the next day on a very special day that we're going to talk about later, okay. March 21st. Right, right, right. So it's it almost feels like all of a sudden, you know, I I have the 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 vision of like a a, a car driving along and la da da da, and then eek, the brakes gotta go on, and it's like hello Aries, you know. And then we have the equinox and spring, and that's this very fiery, active, give birth, let's get out there kind of energy, and I think. That might be a really nice boost for the planet and everyone. Maybe we'll even feel a little bit of a shift uh, with everything that's going out the, on out there in the universe of like, wow, maybe I can engage a little bit more. Maybe I can get some things moving again. Completely. And as someone who has a lot of Pisces in their chart and Neptune still, and I love Pisces season, but when it shifts from Pisces season to Aries season, I'm, always, I'm like, I feel dried off all of a sudden. Like I can go, I can be in motion, right? There's something about that fire that sort of like burns off the sogginess, right? Of our actions and our movement so that we like yeah. engage and we champion and we can activate. It's almost like that transition always feels like the activation of the dreams that you had in Pisces season. Ooh, okay. Okay, so no, that. We have that. And then our friend, our, your friend and mine and everybody's friend Venus that we spoke about before on the 25th now connect is an Aries connecting to the sun. So it's another chapter in Venus's cycle or expression, but very different because it's an Aries. But very different. I mean, we're going from this water to like fire and boy, is that some fire. So we can all probably expect some shifting feelings, vibes around that time. So like we've talked a little bit about Venus and Pisces, you know, let's talk a little bit about Venus and Aries. Yeah. I mean, Venus and Aries like loves a fresh start. It loves to like be in action. It loves like, what's this? What's here? What's now? Like lots of action, engagement, and activity. It's very passion-driven. It's very desirous. It likes yeah. the fast and the furious. And then if it's <laughs> the sun lighting that up, you know, it's like we may find, like, again, that that's ignited more, right? That's We want yeah. to radiate that. And of course, you know, all of the signs and the planets have that, like, watch out for that piece. You know, one of the watch out for that pieces of Aries is like impatience, like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then the anger or the frustration that may come from that. So because it's like, again, it's fast and furious, but it's like taking maybe that, like that love that lights you up and mm. getting out onto the battlefield to champion for that thing that you really value. That would be very Aryan, very Venus Aries, championing for what you love. And of course, that leads me to think that 
very soon after that, <laughs> we're just going through the, the list here, we do have that full moon in Libra, which is, of course, Aries's opposite sign. And so, you know, that champion and champion for the truth and Libra champion for beauty and being a champion for fairness. Those are all very Libra themes that could really tie in around that full moon with that Venus and Aries. Completely right. And that focus too, always when it's like Aries and Libra is like me and us, right. And that trying to get that into balance between like me and you or me and us and, you know, championing, like you say, for fairness or justice, champion for the relationship, but not not just championing for the relationship, right? Like, or, yeah. you know, championing for oneself as well. And, you know, Chiron is right in there, right? Chiron is with this right running right with the sun the next day on the 29th. It's exact with the sun. And so it does feel like there is an evocation of you know, maybe looking at what gets lit up as maybe our stories around relationships. Like what are the narratives I keep telling myself related to that? I can't create, I can't desire what I desire, who I desire, how I desire to be in relationship, you know, looking at that or, you know, the wounds that get triggered related to justice or fairness or equality and seeing like, where are those ouch spots for me? And how do I then in recognition of that, both help myself through that, but also use that any experiences I've had in that realm to augment my fight and championing for others. Well, that's an important layer there, Stephanie. I think, you know, bringing up the Chiron, of course, Chiron is the planetoid that represents our our woundings and that old story and how, you know, around that time, that's going to be a part of the mix. And of course, you know, and I think this is a big part of how Chiron works. We have to re-engage the wound, you know, the lance, the wound for the healing. And so if we have this awareness of that old story of what the wounding is, that if we can hold it with that awareness and let it come up, that there's the opportunity for that awareness to bring new healing. Completely, completely. And I love that you say like, Lance the wound. And I wonder too, like in the beginning of the month when we're just sort of like swimming in like our feelings, our sensitivity, our longing, the romance, the ideal, if that might arise or stir up some of that sorrows or wounds that then we can focus on, then the full moon brings it to light. And then we can like help lance the wound at that moment. Sorry, yeah. I'm like I'm like cutting my arm. Um, sorry, I'm <laughs> the wound. But actually, it's very wait, which is really interesting because I was doing research. Don't hurt for, yourself, Stephanie. <laughs> I know I was doing a research for a project, another project, uh, like whatever this research for this article, and I noticed that actually around the time of that full moon, Mars is in Gemini with the North Node, so it's that further like Mars, and we need to ev- you know, be evoking our championing. But it's funny that I was like lancing a wound on my arm because Gemini rules the arms. So be careful of your arms. Don't lan- don't literally lance your arms. Don't 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 play with any knives here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Around that time, you could get into trouble. I you know, and then of course you know, but bring us full circle too, with because uh, you were also mentioning about Virgo and the moon. Yeah, Virgo back in February. Right, 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 right. But it's just right. It was that Virgo full moon on the 27th, I think, of February. So that would help us with that, maybe like then launching into March from that. 
what level of seeing some sort of level of discernment, like you spoke about, did we right. realize then to help us then like yeah. have that be like another rudder maybe that we can use in our sail, our Piscean sailboat through March. Yeah, great. Because I was just like, I'm, I'm, I was like, remind me how that Virgo piece fits in. Okay. And there, and, and there it is. All right. So do we want to talk about the tarot card for March? Are we ready for that? Can we please? Oh, right. So the tarot card for March is the moon card. And in the tarot, the moon card is uh, ruled by the sign of, that's right, you guessed it, Pisces. <laughs> and in the, you know, in the tarot, and I think generally speaking about the moon, what that card represents is illuminating our darkness and bringing light into those, like the dark side of the moon or those places within ourselves, our dark spots or interior places that need to be brought to the light, that need to be illuminated. And so with the moon card, and, you know, I, I always think about the moon always casts such an interesting light. You know, moonlight can be very deceptive. It's moon like oftentimes asked, you know, what is real and what is not real? And moonlight can be very seductive and bewitching. And so again, it kind of is taking us into that Piscean landscape of the illusions and the shadows and what's real and what's not real. And also with the moon card, it's really about not falling in love with your shadow. I mean, illuminating the shadow, but not getting caught there in that like almost like bewitched or moonstruck. It's so interesting. Those terms that come up when we talk about the moon, like lunacy and all those things. And I think they really are referring to, you know, the moon energies. You know, we have the, you know, the gravitational pull and the tides are doing their things. So with the moon card, we're really looking at those energies. We're also feeling into those deeper emotions. And a lot of times with this card, it represents past emotions. And the idea, like in most decks, you'll see a swamp and you'll see like a scorpion and a crayfish climbing out of the swamp. And the swamp represents stagnant, stuck water, which represents our old stuck emotions from the past. So there is a, a ultimately with the moon card, almost like a bit of a death and rebirth, a rising up from those dark, dark waters, illuminating, bringing the, you know, the darkness into the light so we can really find the wisdom. So the moon card is a really powerful card. It's oftentimes a card that I say to people, you might need a little bit of help with this. Uh, you know, in a lot of decks, they actually have a dog and a wolf and represented in the card. And the, the dog is actually Anubis. And Anubis, of course, is the Egyptian guide dog or guard dog of the underworld. And when we're in that shadow energy, when we're in those dark waters and we're negotiating those feelings and emotions and what's real, what's not, sometimes it's nice to have a little guidance or have you know, someone to help us to find the light. And so I used to joke to people, I call the moon card, the therapy card. <laughs> and it's not like you need to go get therapy, but it's just a reminder. Hey, you know, if you're lost in your shadow or you're stuck in that mud of the past, 
ask for help. Let someone be, you know, a, 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 a guide to you to help you, you know, understand what's going on. Because sometimes it's hard to get to the illumination. But ultimately, with the moon card, when you're working with those energies, it can be really, really powerful for healing. Well, it's interesting, too, because that feels so Neptunian and so Piscean. But in terms of the asking somebody for help, I think about that Libra full moon, right? Because Libra is the other person. So really, that card feels so beautiful and holistic for the whole month. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect for the full moon, moon in Libra. Yeah. Um, And so something, too, to weave things together, the moon card... Neptune also as the dream and Pisces as the dream and the arc, you know, the connection to the symbolic, as well as when before we sort of said, and March 21st, we have a little announcement. Can we do our announcement now? Or am I like rushing the gun? Absolutely. Like, go for it. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? Absolutely. You do it. Okay. So we are giving a workshop on March 21st. Dreams and the Tarot. We are joining forces again to um, come together with our favorite subjects that work beautifully on their own in terms of illumination, but married together so much more provocatively. So find out more about that workshop on either of our websites, meganskinner.com, stephaniegaling.com, or on sodivine.us in the latest section. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to have you there. And, you know, Stephanie, you know, has her book on dreams that she put out last year and I have my new tarot deck. So this is just our opportunity to really kind of, you know, merge our forces together and have a really magical journey of looking at how tarot and dreams really uh, can, you know, intersect and, uh, you know, come together for a lot of keyword illumination. So excited. (laughs) So excited. So, okay. Well, there we go. That's March. And That's March. I guess I, I would say, you know, I just have, I have a really magical month out there, everybody. And as always, you can uh, contact Stephanie and I through sodivine.us. We love hearing from you. So thank you, Megan. Thank you to our producers, Nick Patrie and Sebastiano Tecchio. To all of you listening on the podcast or watching us on YouTube, have a really magical March. Mm